Hello and welcome to On the Rise, a youth perspective on international affairs. I'm your host, Nick Lockery, here to share my perspective on the foreign policy decisions of the United States, as well as promote this, the views of our distinguished, albeit young, guests. Today is Friday, March 25th, 2022, and we are privileged to have Hannah Jackson, the president of Young Black Professionals in International Affairs, to join us for a discussion. Young Black Professionals in International Affairs, YBPIA, is dedicated to enhancing, promoting, and increasing African and African diaspora, African-American, Afro-Latinx, Afro-Caribbean participation, conversation, and perspective in both the Elliott School of International Affairs at the George Washington University and the field of international affairs overall. YBPIA has a goal of affirming, valuing, and amplifying the voices and concerns of Black students in the Elliott School on and off campus, as well as strengthening and encouraging one another in what can be an alienating field. This organization aims to provide a supportive, enriching environment for fostering an intellectual community and facilitating the development of both African and African diaspora studies and thought. Hannah, thanks for joining us. Hannah Jackson is a junior at George Washington University majoring in international affairs with a double concentration in international development and comparative economic, political, and social systems in the Elliott School. Originally from Atlanta, Georgia, she is the president and founder of GW Young Black Professionals in International Affairs and is currently a research assistant at the GW Institute for Middle East Studies with Professor Nathan Brown, where she is doing research on the role of religion and state capacity and institutions through a comparative study of the Middle East, Sri Lanka, Sierra Leone, and Spain. She has previously held roles as a research intern for Women of Color Advancing Peace, Security, and Conflict Transformation a student research assistant for the Institute for African Studies in the Elliott School, a research intern for the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, Human Rights Initiative, and a program assistant for the African Diaspora Network of Europe. Most recently, she received the Julian Clement Chase Award for her research on the BSU Rethinking DC Youth and Policing Project, received the President's National Volunteer Service Award, and presented extensive research on neoliberal approaches to development in Senegal at the GW's 2020 University Writing and Research Conference. She's a current congressional intern for U.S. House of Representatives Majority Leader, Seni Hoyer. Hannah, that is a fantastic and extensive bio. It's very impressive. And I think we have a lot to learn from you. So if you just want to tell us a little more about you, a little more than just everything that I got to show off. Sure. So, so I'll start off by saying that I, I am a strong believer in the affirming power of representation. Far too often, communities of color, particularly those in the Black community, are not seeing enough people who look like them in the careers that they aspire to pursue. And that is glaringly true within the field of international affairs. And so, in thinking about my experience thus far in the Elliott School um, and, and why I started uh, Young Black Professionals in International Affairs in the first place, I'm taken back to my first semester at GW. My first semester in the fall of 2019 as a freshman, naive, curious, but also very optimistic, uh, the Elliott School was my top choice. I applied early decision, and once I got in, that was it. I didn't worry about any other applications to other colleges that I was thinking about. I was sold. As one of the 
top schools in the nation to study the discipline, I was head over heels for the Elliott School. But, you know, within my first semester, I also realized that there was a vast gulf that divided the scholarship, academia, perspectives of African and African diaspora international affairs practitioners, diplomats or academics, and diaspora meaning African-American, Afro-Caribbean, and Afro-Latinx perspectives, and the predominantly white and male field of international affairs. I remember specifically in my Intro to International Affairs course with Professor Brown, that at the end of the semester, at the end of the course, we were expected to write a paper on globalization and specifically the pros and cons, benefits and and detriments, so to speak, of globalization around the world. And I remember being very frustrated with the Eurocentric kind of bias perspectives that were in the majority of our readings for the course. To expand on that, readings and articles that one, are, are written by mostly white males, but two, extol the United States as the end-all, be-all, the vanguard of all progress, cooperation, and development abroad without a, I think, critical analysis or perspective of the mishaps of U.S. foreign policy, both presently and historically. And so I brought these these frustrations to my TA, who I saw actually... (laughs) Uh, a few weeks ago on campus in Kogan Plaza. I won't say his name, but I, I brought these frustrations to my TA and, and basically saying that that I am having trouble. I think I think it was a matter of honestly, like morals and also ethics. I couldn't take these readings that I know are so biased and then apply it to a end of term paper on globalization to argue that globalization is just this wonderful thing that works for everyone in both the global North and the global South, which which isn't entirely true. And he recommended a book, White World Order, Black Power Politics, The Birth of International Relations by Robert Vitalis. And it was through this book that I realized that the perspectives of, in in the scholarship of, of Black international affairs practitioners historically have been intentionally purged from the field of international affairs, a scholarship that started at Howard University. And and, and so it was through that book that I realized, okay, the lack of diversity and inclusion, so to speak, within the field of international relations is also reflective of that within the Elliott School um, in terms of me being one of 10 Black students in a lecture hall of 200 students, in terms of the lack of African diaspora professors but also teaching assistants. And then to take that a step further, when we're talking about the Middle East, Africa, Latin America, the lack of diversity in perspectives in terms of the readings and the course syllabi, and and, then take another step further, the pedagogical models that are being used to teach everything from theory to issues around security. And so from then on, I saw it as my responsibility, uh, so to speak, and realizing that what I'm experiencing in the Elliott School is something that 
I will continue to experience beyond the Elliott School because the Elliott School is a reflection of the field mm. itself in terms of representation. And thinking about, okay, I, I saw a need. There's a need for a community, an intellectual community of Black students within the Elliott School that needs support, that need representation, but also there's an affirming power, again, in mentorship, in being seen, being heard, because I, I'll go back to the international affairs course really quickly here. Mm. Professor Brown made a, he made it very clear from the onset that he was going to include a equal amount of female and male perspectives in terms of the guests that he was bringing to class. But he failed to recognize the intersectionality within that. None of the speakers that he ever invited to class were Black mm. within the diaspora or even Middle Eastern, Latin American etc. And so again, recognized a need for Black students in the Elliott School, and that need is now transitioned now to a commitment within young Black professionals in international affairs of sustaining a pipeline of Black students and future international affairs practitioners, but also recognizing that there may be holes in that pipeline, holes in relation to, you know, a lot of our colleagues within the, within the Elliott School have the networks, the exposure, or the know-how that we necessarily, Black students necessarily may not have access to. And so recognizing that there are holes in that pipeline, giving Black students the exposure through our events, through our mentorship programs, through just the overall sense of community that we're forming so that we're giving them the tools that they need to succeed both now and going forward. Oh, I really appreciate your perspective. And I think it helps people like myself and people who've come from my background realize that, you know, for me, there were support structures built in to the system that pushed me in this direction. Mm -hmm. And and because of those, my voice is always going to be pushed along, going to be amplified, people who are like me. And there is an inherent injustice in that because it just keeps the same thought process. And so what you're doing is building those support structures and pushing people up who, because they're just people who look like you, think like you in the international affairs field, therefore that perspective that you bring isn't amplified enough until these support structures that you build in that need to be built in are there. How can your mission be pushed forward? That's a really good question. So as an organization, we amplify the concerns and I guess the needs of Black students within the Elliott School. One, in a very, I guess, implicit way. So through our mentorship program. Our mentorship program pairs Black students in the Elliott School with mid to early career professionals already in the field from within the private and public sector, the State Department to the Foreign Service. And so in that sense, again, the affirming power of seeing someone that looks like you or not even looks like you because a lot of our, we, our mentors can be from any race or ethnicity, but the mentees have to be black students. But just seeing someone in the career, the field that you aspire to pursue is one way that we are 
kind of amplifying our mission, but in a very implicit way and in a very, I guess, confined way to among just our members. Outside of sort of our mentorship program and amongst kind of our membership, our events, we are very intentional about including African and African diaspora perspectives within all of our events. So what that looks like is usually an all Black panel of international first practitioners to speak about whatever topic is at hand, whether it's a, we have three types of events, community-based events. So an example of a community event would be our Being Black Abroad event. Navigating your identity as a Black student and future Black diplomat, for example, around the world within spaces that may not really reflect your identity or where you come from. A second type of event is our professional development event. Last semester, we did an event on international consulting. In the past, we've also done an event on pathways to international law. And again, being very intentional about including in a panel of all Black international lawyers. And with the event this past semester, we had folks from Commonics, Deloitte, and another sort of diversity inclusion development-esque consulting firm, but all, again, Black panelists. And so in that sense, we recognize that key membership on the surface may look like just Black students. We're interested in targeting them first, but, you know, our target membership is really anyone who, one, is passionate about the intentional inclusion of African and African diaspora perspectives in and outside of the classroom, two, anyone interested in the purposeful work to improve the experience of Black students in the Elliott School, which can be uh, very much alienating, and three, to upend the overall status quo and paradigm of who can and cannot excel in the field of international affairs. And so, yes, the goal is to create a predominantly Black space for students and young professionals, but we are not at all exclusive to other marginalized communities within the field, such as that of Latinx, Middle Eastern, and Asian community. But beyond that, we recognize that we need the participation and the engagement of white students in the Elliott School. You all's participation is absolutely essential to the longevity and the sustainability of a mission like that of YBPIA. Because again, this organization is bigger than GW. It's bigger than the Elliott School in terms of why we do what we do. And so to be quite honest, this is something that we've struggled with over the past year. Um, we're coming up on our two year, our birthday, Congratulations. Our anniversary, so to speak. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I kind of want to transition here as we get to a wrap up point with this has been a fantastic discussion, but to hear your perspective from your research positions. And I, I want to know if like this informs other you know, members of YBPIA's experiences doing research positions for different nonprofits, NGOs, think tanks within DC. I want to hear about your position at WCAPS, and then you can explain that, and then how that compares and contrasts with your experiences at CSIS. You know, I want to hear about the positions, or rather the issues that you are passionate about with those organizations that you did research on, and your perspective on those issues, what you feel about certain policies, and then how that compares and contrasts with other staffers 
boom at these organizations, their stated views and what they see and their perspectives on those issues. I, I want to hear about your policies and then, you know, how that might differ. Sure. Um, so I'll start off with my experience at WCAP. So Women of Color Advancing Peace, Security, and Conflict Transformation is a nonprofit organization that was started by Ambassador, Ambassador Bonnie Jenkins, who is currently the Undersecretary for Arms and Control under the Biden administration. I started as a research intern the spring of my freshman year with WCAPS, knowing nothing about national security, nonproliferation, weapons of mass destruction, and, and just grateful for the opportunity. I actually got the opportunity through Dean Jonathan Walker here at the Elliott School after having a meeting with him about me starting YBPIA and then him, I guess, kind of seeing that initiative taken and recommending me for the position with Ambassador Jenkins. I think the key takeaway from, from my experience with WCAPS is one, the importance of diverse perspectives in so many interdisciplines within IA, particularly national security. After the events of 2020 with Black Lives Matter, social justice, particularly racism became a national security imperative, but also a national security threat. As a country who prides itself in being diverse nations and most inclusive nations in the world, and yet to come face to face with overt racism was a wake up call for I think a lot of people within the national security space. And so in taking my experience in learning one about the field of national security, but also just the importance of diverse perspectives within the field of national security specifically, I went into my internship with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, um, specifically with the Human Rights Initiative, with sort of being very aware of how certain perspectives are not always included. And so as a research intern, I did most of my research on the role of human rights or, or where human rights intersects with business supply chains. And so I did specific research on withhold release orders issued by the United States on cotton manufacturers or cotton factories in Xinjiang, China, which in the Xinjiang province specifically is also where Uyghur concentration camps are located. And so doing a lot of research on that, we also did research on, I guess, sort of creating a sense of accountability for business supply chains but connecting that back to human rights violations that are happening, I guess, within those supply chains. In terms of whether or not my team or CSIS as a whole was receptive to me, I didn't go in with an expectation of whether or not they'd be receptive to me or my perspective. I am no different than any other intern working for CSIS. And so I went in not expecting no less or no more than what is usually expected from an intern. And so I thoroughly enjoyed my experience at CSIS. Yes, I did notice the, I guess, think tank space uh, more generally across the DC area is predominantly white, but I also saw that there were, I mean, there's an effort, I think, among different of initiatives and hubs across CSIS that included a lot of perspectives from the region itself, if that makes sense. And so it wasn't, okay, if this is an Africa kind of team that most of them are predominantly white. I also saw that 
a lot of them were African or they were based in the region. And so there was tensionality there, I guess, so to speak, about what perspectives um, are valued and necessary for the think tank space. Um, I also connected with the um, diversity inclusion chair at CSIS, who we've actually been in partnership with in terms of recruitment and retention for just including or just increasing, I guess, kind of diverse applicant pool for CSIS. So we, after working with CSIS and connecting with the diversity inclusion chair at CSIS, I have had the opportunity to expose our members at YBPAA about what the think tank space is within international affairs and what that means in practice and the different, I guess, opportunities within it. We're actually gearing up for a CSIS info session about their summer internships in mid-April. But overall, my experience with CSIS was a great learning experience in learning about the intersection of human rights across both the public and private sector, but also recognizing, yeah, that human rights violations are not happening within a vacuum. Again, increasingly globalized world, human rights violations are now coming up in everything from facial recognition, artificial intelligence, and what my research pertained to mostly business supply chains. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I do want to end today with you telling us a little bit about what's next for YBPIA, any events that you'd, you're going to be promoting and that we can help you promote, any other initiatives that are coming up. And yeah, what's next for you? Just love to hear you wrap it up. And thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. It's always great talking about this organization, but sort of the broader mission and goal that goes beyond just the Elliott School. In terms of what to expect from YBPIA within the next two months that we now have in school, this semester has flown by. Um, we're gearing up for an event on decolonizing humanitarian aid. We're also doing an event partnering directly with USAID on pathways and careers within international development, but particularly in the public sector. Last semester, we did an event on development careers in the private sector. We're also gearing up for an event closer to the end of April to commemorate kind of Earth Day on environmental justice. We're looking forward to that event. We'll also be having a Panera fundraiser. And then we're also having an event on best practices to applying to graduate school. So looking forward to that. The last thing that I would say is that we're also over the past two years, actually, we have been working on a scholarship for Black students in the Elliott School. And so that hopefully will be launched within the next month. So super excited about that. As for me personally, a lot of things are up in the air for, I guess, for this upcoming summer. I'm currently interning as a congressional intern on Capitol Hill, but sort of looking to either the State Department for this summer or the private sector. So yeah. Thank you again, Nick and the Anero Institute for having me on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to how we collaborate going forward. And thank you, Hannah. Our discussion was fantastic. I learned so much and Anero is better because of you being on this podcast. So thank you. That'll do it for this week's episode of On the Rise. As always, the opinions and views from myself and our guests are of our own and not representative of the Onero Institute, which takes no institutional position on matters of policy. 
I am your host, Nick Lockery, and it was a pleasure to speak with Hannah Jackson, the president of Young Black Professionals in International Affairs. Her hard work is greatly valued, and I look forward to partnering with you in future events that we can bring to the GW and DC communities alike. A special thanks to everyone at the Anero Institute, especially the podcast team, digital editor, Michael Martineau, Mike Wu, Nick Perkins, Nick Castillo, our social media correspondents, Maggie Prim, Marcos Nordenstahl, and Akash Kadela, and our researchers, Yash Bajaj, Leopoldo Garcia, Nikhil Samuel, Julian Brown, and Leah Weekland. And to you, our listeners, we appreciate you. From all of us at the Anera Institute, I'm Nick Lockery, reminding you that when you're on the go, listen to On the Rise.